Is John Brocious in here? John, when's this going to kick in? Is this going to kick in? I'm waiting. Another. Uh, this is a. I was kind of dragging. We had a late night last night. This is. This is what the kids are always drinking. They drink these things like eleven o'clock at night. You know, down down in uh, down in backstage. So I said, give me one of those energy drinks. And I keep thinking, in a minute here, you're going to watch me take off. But so far, it hasn't happened. It's pretty good, but probably kick in about the time I get home, ready to take a nap. Or ah. Anyway, uh, um, show me the way. What a great song. Thanks. Um, so many times we've felt like that when we're in prayer, you know, and, and maybe we're praying like really seriously, praying on our knees and praying in church and just, God, show me the way on this decision. And it may, it may be something a lot less dramatic than that. And it might be when we're just sort of praying as we, you know, go about our everyday activities and we're thinking about, well, God, help me with this particular situation that continues to be on my mind and so forth and so on. Um, well, one of the things... One of the things I wanted to have happen, it's a different kind of message, different kind of, different kind because it's not, it's not one of those messages and, you know, I like to kind of rock and roll a little bit and have something positive and fun and, and, and so forth and, you know, talk about Jesus a lot. We're going to talk about Jesus a lot, but, but this, is, this is kind of a downer message in the regard that when you talk about unanswered prayer, I mean, we've all experienced it and it's, it's, it's reality and we, we, we've got to deal with that. But, to start things off, I asked Steve, gosh, three or four times, Steve, for those of you who don't know, is the guy, that, our creative arts director. I said, Steve, come on, do this one song for me. No, I'm not going to do that song. And Steve's not a big country music fan. Okay, Now, just, just so you understand this, um, this, is, this is like one of the phenomenons in the broadcasting industry to this day is the fact that the New York to Boston corridor has no major country music radio station. There's, you know, you can pick up stuff from Albany, you can pick up stuff from PA, you can pick up stuff from... But, but nothing major through New York to Boston, which is just really a phenomenon for, for the United States. So as a result, when I mention a name like Garth Brooks, um, some of you may have heard of him. But a lot of you haven't. And I'm going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you have ever heard the song by Garth Brooks called Unanswered Prayers? Hey, we got a few. Well, we had a bunch of people from Indiana here, too. And that's all they have in Indiana is country music, you know, because, no, I'm kidding. Um, but, so here's what I thought I'd do for you. I'll, I'll try not to sing this, but this, this is, <laughs> the words, the words to this song really describe unanswered prayer, most of us here probably can relate to this in some way. And by the way, Steve isn't the only one. My, my, my own wife, whenever I have country music on in my car, it's like, do you have another CD? You know, so anyway, it's not, not always, but sometimes. Um, so here's how the song goes. Now, it's, it's kind of funny, but listen to it. I mean, this, is, this has probably happened to some of us. So here we go. Just the other night, the hometown football game. My wife and I ran into my old high school flame. I'll get the flavor a little bit here for you. <laughs> my wife and I ran into my old high school flame. And as I introduced them, the past came back to me, and I couldn't help but think the way things used to be. She was the one that I'd wanted for all times, and each night I'd spend a praying that God would make her mine. And if, she, he'd, if he'd only grant me this one wish I wished back then, I'd never ask for anything again. Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
This gets better. This gets better. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. There you go. Okay? Need a little backup for your next tour, do you? Need a little backup? Yeah. Um, it, 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 when I heard that song the first time, and you still haven't heard it yet, okay? Uh, when I heard that song the first time, oh, that's, that's, that's something many of us can relate to. Here was the person that I wanted to marry in high school or maybe college, and she was, he or she was my flame, and, and, and it didn't happen. Now I'm married, and wow, and you see that person, you think, what was I thinking? You know, uh, I mean, and, and many of us can relate to that. And, and, and indeed, that is one form of unanswered prayer. But it goes much deeper than that. And it gets much more serious than that sometimes, too. D.L. Moody, who is a great preacher in this country. Actually, D.L. Moody was the inventor, the father, the founder of what we now know as Sunday school. Started in Chicago. Great, great, uh, great minister. There's now a school there, Moody Bible Institute. He said this, I sometimes tremble when I hear people quote promises and say God is bound to fulfill those promises to them. I don't know if you've ever seen that brand of Christianity, but it's one that says, find a promise in the Bible, claim it. We talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago. Find a promise in the Bible, claim it, and God's got to make that happen. Just say, you know, God promises, you, God, you got to do this, you promised. Well, let me help you this with this. We don't make demands on God. You can ask. You can ask God for anything. But we don't make demands, and we need to understand that. St. Teresa of Avila, there are more tears shed over answered prayers than over unanswered prayers. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I want to take you to, I think, one of the classic passages in the Bible, New Testament, that deals with this whole thing of unanswered prayer. It comes from a guy by the name of Paul. It used to be Saul of Tarsus. He's a great man who came, literally had the first initial come to Jesus meeting. And literally that's what it was uh, on the road to Damascus. Came to, he was a persecuting and killing believers, uh, Christians, because he thought that was what God would have him to do because he was, he was the head of the Sanhedrin. He was the, one of the top uh, of the Jewish people of the time politically and, and religiously. And, uh, and, and as a result of that, he came to Christ in a, in a very dramatic way. Most, most of us probably won't come to Christ in the kind of drama the way that uh, the Apostle Paul did. And that's okay. But, but he's, this is in 2 Corinthians where I'm going to read to you. And you can follow along. I'm having it on the screen here. But the Apostle Paul had some kind of a handicap. Now, we're not exactly sure what it was. It was a physical handicap, most likely. Most likely, scholars believe that it was probably an eyesight problem. Uh, the, the thinking along the, uh, the scholars is that, uh, or are that they, uh, that they, because of that, that initial meeting with Christ, he, had, he saw a blinding light that knocked him off his horse, literally, on the road to Damascus. That people think there were some of the some of the leftover consequences of that particular problem. He had some eyesight problems. It might have been eyesight problems just because it was age, getting older. They had very you know lighting was terrible, um, and so forth. So we're not sure exactly, but he had he had some issues. And he's praying, doesn't matter what the issues were, he's praying that God will, will take this. 
I mean, this is no different than you or me praying, God, help me to be healed of this particular thing. Or, or me and you praying for our kids. God, help them, protect them, and make them safe, make them healthy if they're sick. Um, help them to quit being jerks. Whatever, whatever that prayer may be. It's no different than that. All right? Now, and I want you to see what happens here. Because this is a guy, the Apostle Paul, who wrote almost oh, over half the New Testament. So I mean, if God's going to answer somebody's prayers, this would probably be one of the guys. Okay? So just follow along with me here. So he says, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and he's talking about the fact that um, at one point in his life, he uh, was almost dead, and he believes he was in the presence of God. One of those out-of-body type of experiences. He had been stoned to death, outside, or almost to death, and he's had these, these revelations of God apparently appearing to him. And he's talking about that a little bit. He says, because of that, um, and so that I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he did, what he in fact did, was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. And at first I didn't think it was a gift. And I begged God to remove it. Look at this. I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. So whatever this thing was, physical ailment, could have been a psychological ailment, emotional thing. We don't know exactly. The, the Scripture, I think, purposely is, is mysteriously silent on this. Whatever it was, he said, I, said, I said, God, three, God, please take this away. Please take this away. I begged God three times. God never took it away. Let me interject something here. Some people like to say that if we have enough faith, anything can happen in our lives. And that if we, and I've, I've touched on this in a couple of messages past during this series. If we have enough faith, we can be healed, or our, our loved one can be healed. You just got to believe, you got to have faith. Let me tell you something. That is a line of. Why do I have problems with my adjectives when I'm in front of people? Uh, that's BS. Okay, let me just say it that way. That's just not true. If ever it was going to be done, it would have been done for the Apostle Paul. He's a righteous guy. I mean, he's, he's given up a lot. He's given up everything. And, and God still didn't do it here. So, so keep that in mind. And this whole thing of, well, should I pray with faith? Absolutely. Does that mean God will heal me? Maybe. Does that mean God will give me what I need in this particular situation? Maybe. But maybe not. He didn't the Apostle Paul. And we need to, we, we've got to pay attention to that. Otherwise, you come away with all kinds of weird teachings about just have enough faith and you'll be just great. So, at first I didn't think, it was, think of it as a gift. I begged God to remove it three times. I did that. And then he told me, this is the rest of the story here. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. My grace is enough. God says, I'm giving you grace. I'm giving you strength. That's why Paul was now be able to, was able now to call this thing not so much as a handicap as, as he was something much better, a blessing. 
opportunity. Keep reading here. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride, and with good cheer, these limitations, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over, and so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Let me show you this. In the, this, this I hope this isn't offensive to anybody, but in the, in the Amplified Bible, they take this verse 9, and the Amplified Bible is, is kind of a commentary, really. It's not really just a Bible. It's kind of a kind of the Bible with, with comments. And I always like reading it because it gives you a little different, uh, little different take on things. And uh, let me just show this to you. It's just verse 9 where he says, My strength is enough. My, my, my grace is sufficient for you. Look what he says in the Amplified Bible. And then he said to me, My grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger that enables you to bear the trouble manfully. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> it's, got, it's kind of like, don't please ladies don't take this door it's kind of like man up you know deal with it and you can say that generically you know what i mean by that oh well i'll leave it anyway um getting some looks here this was by the way the amplified bible was written a long time ago before we had sexism or talked about sexism so anyway he says enables you to bear the trouble manfully in other words strong in other words to bear the trouble in a manner that, that has strength that's what he's talking about there for my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. God's strength and power show themselves most effectively where we are weak. We have a tendency to run away from our weaknesses. We have a tendency as people to, to run behind our strengths and hide from our weaknesses. God is saying, don't do that. Sure. Rejoice, be thankful for those things that you're strong in, but in those areas of weakness, learn to depend on Christ. Some people would say that there's really a wholesomeness, literally, when we come to Christ and allow Him, and and, and, this is important, allow Him to complete us and to uh, make up for where we are weak. Okay, let me make a few statements about this, then I want to show you something different. Um, there will always be, let me just say this, I'm going to say this two or three times, there will always be a mystery to some unanswered prayers. Just know that, okay? There will always be some mystery to that. And, and for me to sit here or stand here and try to explain it to you, I can't. And anybody that tells you they can explain it all to you, you better run, okay? Because that's just not a good place to be. Because nobody, nobody understands it all except Jesus, you know? So that's, that's, that's the first thing. Number two, God has not fallen asleep. He's not punishing you. He's still at work in His way. Now, let me just make a comment or two about that statement. God has not fallen asleep. He doesn't fall asleep. He isn't punishing you. Now, let me just stop here on that one statement. That doesn't mean, you know, the Bible also tells us we reap what we sow. So there are times when if I, if I go out and I, and I you know, shoot somebody, um, I certainly can get forgiveness for that, but there will be consequences, obviously. In fact, right now, I'm waiting for some consequences. I know what you're thinking. thinking, What did he do now? (laughs) I hesitate to tell you this story because my wife is incriminated too, but that's okay. Um, You'll think more of me. 
we have this problem in our backyard. Because our, we have a beautiful house. We like it a lot. Not really big, but it's just right for us. Backs up against the Arboretum in Short Hills. But deer come in there all the time. Deer, deer think they own the stinking place. And there, I mean, you have, some of you have these issues. Well, I talked to a person who knows these things, and he's a PETA person. And he said, you know, there's one, there's something you can do, and it's pretty humane. It's the best thing you can do. It takes time, but it's the most humane thing you can do. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, you get a, you get a um, paintball gun, and every time they come in, you just shoot them. <laughs> so I got a paintball gun. And I, the other day I came home, and she says, we have some of our friends in the backyard, and I just ran upstairs like, where I keep my paintball gun, and I have a window that I open from upstairs so I can shoot down on them. <laughs> and, and it's, it's semi-automatic. She just goes, choo, 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 and I just paint those babies. I mean, I just paint them, you know, and I love doing this. <laughs> love doing this stuff. And, and um, so yesterday, I was going all day. I was in the office, I had appointments, I had meetings, and I got home, and, and we got, I got home kind of late, and Charlene says, we had some more visitors today. I said, what'd you do? She says, I shot him. <laughs> he went, Hold your hand up, Charlie. Let everybody see where you are. Let everybody see where you are. <laughs> I said, yes. It's my woman. Yes. <laughs> Man up. <laughs> so anyway, I have this little fear that because the thing makes a little bit of noise. And I have this little fear that sometime one of our neighbors are going to come over, or worse, the police are going to come, and they say, what are you shooting over here? And, and so forth. And so, you know, if you read anything, you know, okay, now you know the truth. And I, I think, I haven't found that it's illegal to shoot deer with paintball guns. But, but <laughs> maybe it is. But, but here's, here's the point. Let me come back to the point here, right? Not a great story. I'm sorry. I didn't really, shouldn't. Have. Anyway, uh, if we do something against the law, which I hope that's not, but if you know that it is, don't tell me later, okay, because it's my therapy, and uh, sometimes I put faces on those deer, no, yeah, no. No. <laughs> uh, um, if we do something against the law, we're going to have to pay the price. If you, if you, if you, cheat with money or on people or on other kinds of things, there's going to be consequences. So when I make a statement like this, that, that God is not falling asleep and He isn't punishing you, that's not ruling out the fact, or I should say that is ruling out the fact that there are times when we have consequences of a certain situation that we're living with or living in because of previous wrongdoing on my part. Or on, on another person's part, even. Maybe I didn't do Maybe somebody else did I still have to live with that, okay? So that, that, that's part of the deal. That's part of living in the broken world with broken people who do broken things to one another. Okay, so that's part of the deal. We need to understand that. We forgive and we move on the best we can. However, putting that over here for just a moment, okay? Let's do that. Let's put that over here. There are many other times and many other things when, when God isn't punishing you. Things just happen. It's the world that we live in. Because the world we live in is fallen. And so forth. So, so the point being this, God has not fallen asleep. He isn't punishing you. He's still at work. And you've got to believe that. There are few guarantees in life. There are few guarantees. I'm going to show you one in just a moment. There are few guarantees in prayer. There just are few. Uh, we many times hear that presented differently in churches. Saying you give your life to Christ and everything is going to be great. 
Well, what is he smoking? I mean, is that really true? You give your life to Christ and everything's going to be great. That's not true for me. And, and, I've, and I've been, I, my life has been Christ for a long, long time. And some of those things that have happened to me have been my fault. But there have been some that weren't anybody's fault. It just happened. You know, I look, we saw this play the other night. Um, every time I hear this song, I think about this. We saw uh, the Rat Pack live at NJ Pack, which was imitators of, of uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin, and they were great. It was just great. But Frank did his famous, you know, I say Frank. He's, if you don't know, he's dead. But uh, <laughs> Frank, the guy who played Frank, did this, this song that he always does, you know. Regrets, I have a few, but then again... You get two for one today. You get too few to mention. And every time I hear that line, regrets, I have a few, but then again, too few to mention. That's not me. That's not me. Regrets, I got a lot. And I'm not going to mention them. It's <laughs> kind of where I feel about that whole thing. So we have those. We have those. We all have those. And we need to stop and we need to understand that. However, that doesn't change the fact that God still has a way of working and dealing with us in marvelous, marvelous ways. Watch this. This is the creative way in which God works sometimes. Watch this. I ask for strength that I might achieve. He made me weak that I might obey. I ask for health that I might do great things. I was given grace that I might do better things. I ask for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I received nothing that I asked for, all that I hoped for. My prayer was answered. It's kind of creative. Kind of, sometimes, can I say it? Sometimes God kind of tricks us. You know, gives us what we were praying for, but in a different way. And you know, prayer is a relationship with God Almighty. And sometimes He changes things, and sometimes He changes you. I want to do one last thing. Just read this to you, because this whole thing of prayer, and unanswered prayer, and some of the darkness sometimes that we experience through that whole thing. There was a poem written many years ago that I, I'm not much of a reader of poetry, but every now and then I find something that I just, just really grabs my heart. This is one of those things the first time that I heard it. And um, it's, it's called um, Dark Night of the Soul, written by St. John of the Cross. St. John of the Cross was a Spanish mystic. He, uh, interesting, he was uh, considered one of the greatest poets of the Spanish, of the Spanish Renaissance. He also recognized, is recognized as the leader of Western mysticism. Um, he was attracted, get this, he was attracted to the Carmelite order, a religious order of the Catholic Church, founded in the 12th century by a group of hermits on Mount Carmel. How could you be attracted to a group of hermits? Because automatically they're no longer hermits if you join, right? Think about that. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, over your head. You had to be there. Anyway, no, I, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So anyway, he does this thing. He gets captured. He was, tw- he was 25. He was kidnapped, imprisoned by some other unreformed Carmelite Catholics. So, you know, back in the 12th century, they're doing all kinds of stuff to each other in the name of Christ, of course. Um, he goes to prison for two years and writes several things. But one of the things that he writes is this thing that is now called Dark Night of the Soul. And this will be up tomorrow on our website if you want to read it. This is, this is just really touching to me. And um, 
just just follow along. See what it just it just sort of sort of puts it all together for us. Watch this. How well I know the fountain, filling, running, although it is the night. That eternal fountain, hidden away, I know its haven and its secrecy, although it is the night. But not its source, because it does not have one, with all its sources, source and origin, although it is the night. No other thing can be so beautiful. Here the earth and the heaven drink their fill, although it is the night. So pellucid it never can be muddied, and I know that all light radiates from it, although it is the night. I know no sounding line can find its bottom, nobody ford or plumb its deepest fathom, although it is the night. Hear it calling out to every creature, and they drink these waters, although it is dark here, because it is the night. I am repining for this living fountain, Within this bread of life, I see it plain, although it is the night. See that contrast back and forth? I know that God is there, but it's night. I know it's clear, but it's night. Sometimes our prayers are like that. I have one promise for you. Not a lot of guarantees. I've got one. Matthew chapter 28. Teach these new disciples. This is Jesus talking to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus could have said, I am with you always, even though it is the night. Let's pray together. Lord God in heaven, we are so thankful for your grace, your love, your presence the ability at times to make sense out of senselessness and other times maybe not to make the sense out of it, but to be able to trust you with it. That Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us an ability to have a relationship with our God and our Creator. And that though we may be through some of these, in the middle of some of these prayers that that either aren't answered or we're not sure if they're going to be answered, that we can still know you are there and you do care about us and you do love us beyond anything imaginable. So we thank you for that and we thank you for this. We commit these things um, to you and we pray that these things would be burned into our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.